Welcome to the Cinescare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And of course, with us as always is the one and only, the super fan in the grocery store of articulation. He is a lunchable. The air fryer of astonishment, <laughs> Mr. Mark Biscati. <laughs> the fryer I... of... <laughs> Of making faces. Yes. I've, I've gained five pounds. <laughs> I got an air fryer for Christmas, and oh, I've been eating right. a lot of chicken wings. Yes. Yeah, there you go. And watching a lot of 2021 horror films. Did everybody have a, a wonderful uh, Christmas and New Year's? Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah? Not as good as my birthday, but it was fine. Oh, your birthday I, was it, fantastic. <laughs> Saw it coming. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michelle actually said to me t- uh, yesterday, she was because she hadn't listened to the episode yet, and she finally did yesterday, and she was like, "You forgot Joe's birthday." It's <laughs> like, "Yes, yes, I don't need to hear it. I already feel bad enough." <laughs> so uh, I think we have to say happy birthday every single episode now for the rest of the year. Well, happy was, birthday, Joe! I was actually going to change the theme music for the intro to just "Happy Birthday." Assuming we can get the rights, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this week... But I digest. (laughs) This week we have a special uh, little thing that we're doing. It isn't one of our picks. It is just our annual tradition. Well, now it's annual because last year was the first year we did it because it was our first year doing this podcast. But this is our first year, Joe, with Mark, the super fan, doing it with us. So right. Uh, I, was, our, I was going to wear a suit and tie, actually, but I, I I decided not to. That would have been fantastic, actually. I would have loved that. You could have done it. You could have actually told the listeners at home that you wore a suit and tie, and we would have backed you up. No. <laughs> I was going to do it, though. I was like, no, no, that would have been an all-rise moment, and I, I don't, <laughs> we don't Nobody needs that. Joe is yeah. wearing an awfully sharp hoodie, though, over there, and a T-shirt that says, what, personal kick? Uh, or no, no, what does it say? Uh, Passion, per, professional profession, kicks. Professional kickstand since no. 19-something. I, I was going to spend a lot of time trying to guess what I based on the I, little bit I could see. No, it's it's really not worth talking about at all. Yeah. All right, fine. Professional kickstand. I love it. Yes. Uh, but anyway, as I was saying, this week we have a special little theme, and that is our top ten horror movies of the year. Each of us made our own list of our favorite 10 horror movies of the year. And uh, I know for me, we, we could talk a, bit, a little bit about our, our methodology, I guess, as, as we were deciding uh, what to pick. Um, but for me, my choices were, I, I had probably seven strong movies that I really felt like, yes, these have to be in here. And then probably a few that, that could have been any of like 15 movies really. Cause that this, this year I feel like, I don't know if you guys agree. I feel like this was not a, not an outstanding year for horror movies, but it was a strong year for horror movies. I felt like there were a lot of three and a half to four star movies that I saw. And those are to me, or cut, I should say three and a half to four cut. And those to me are good movies. Those are ones that you should recommend and you should watch and they're good, but they're not like, you know, 
hereditary level or or the shining level or something like that certainly of course those don't come around that often but but usually there's like one or two that are really really good like that and this year i I, my number one i feel very strong about and i think it's going to be remembered as a, a a great movie but um you know it it overall there were a lot of solid movies there weren't that many that i was just like oh my god that was awful except maybe a couple but and I think that probably we have the same at least one of those would be the same on all of our list. The movie that we just didn't like at all. But anyway, Joe, what what was what was your methodology, Joe? I I agree that it was not a uh, I my difficulty in picking a top ten wasn't like I had hoped where it was. Oh my god, I've just got all I've got at least ten number one movies. You know, what am I going right. to eliminate? It was more of a, oh, I got six or seven that I really, really like that deserve to be in there. And now what three or four can I fill in the gaps and not be embarrassed about? Because um, I and I don't want to negate what I picked for my lower like top three or four. They are good, solid movies. They are ones that, like you said, I would recommend. But other years, would they have been deserving in a top ten? Probably not. It, yeah, it's hard to say. I'm not sure, but um, I definitely my number one would hold its own. I I feel like most years it would hold its own, uh, and I didn't really. I there was no question in my mind that it should be number one. Uh, but but I I felt I feel good about this list. I feel like the all the movies on my list, there, for the most part, would be movies that I think just everybody should go see. So. And Mark, what what was your methodology? Well, I, I I was following your suit, guys. You were you were sending me movies to watch. I, I was hearing, uh, you know, hey, check out this movie, check out that movie. So that's what I did. I listened to them, you know, I listened to you guys, and um, there were a lot Finally. of them that uh, came out that uh, that I listened and watched, and I. I, I fell in love with uh, two of them that you guys recommend, and uh, and and the other ones are, uh, you know, maybe off the beaten path, probably. Um, so, but that's just me, and you know, pretty much everybody, you know, knows my taste in movies now, and so maybe go for uh, Man and Joe's. But I did my I I feel really solid about my top ten here. I really do. And um, I'm happy with it. I I really am. I've been going back and forth, and I Matt was going back and forth with his uh, uh, nine and tens, I believe. And yeah. um, I I realized that uh, last night when I was really trying to you know discover you know what's going to make it and whatnot, it was actually hard, but it was really fun to do. And I, I really enjoy doing top tens. And it's it's a lot of fun. I, I always get excited about these top ten lists too. I think they're 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 just fun to do. It doesn't mean anything, obviously. And and you know, I I often change my view on some of these. Like I'll look back at some because I I keep on my letterbox in my lists. I do keep a list of top ten movies of each year, and I, going all the way back to. I think the first year I did this was 2018, so well before we were doing the podcast. And um, so I, I've got you know lists going back a number of years of my top 10 horror movies of each year. And 
you know, those those lists I look back on, and I go, well, I don't know if that would be in it now, you know, but for the most part, they stay the same. And I, I'm sure that as we get further along, you know, away from this year, there will be movies that I'll think of from this year. And I'll be like, oh, that probably I, I like that one better now. So it is just a snapshot of how I feel. And I'm sure for each of us, it's the same how we feel right now about these movies this year. And I can guarantee you that that you're not going to like every movie on my list, probably. And I don't even know if you two will like every movie on my list. Probably not. And vice versa. But I think you'll find several movies on this list, especially if you listen to our descriptions of the movies. I think you're going to find movies that at least are worthwhile watching and you'll you'll have a good time watching them. So uh, I don't know how to go about deciding or figuring out who should go first. Let uh, Joe go first. Yeah. I mean, I usually just say, Joe, you go, because uh, Joe's a good way. Of, Joe, you, you start off with Joe, and you're going to have a good night. That's what they That's always That's sultry say. voice. It's, it's the rhyme scheme. <laughs> Joe, go. Joe, go. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Uh, I'm not shy. I'll go first. All right. So drum roll. Shut up. Get out of my way. Here we go. Here drum, I come. Or no, I guess the drum roll we would save until. For number one. For number yeah, one. It's yeah. kind of so, anticlimactic to put it on ten. We're be, we, you know, you could do. Uh, maybe maybe a, but the tens are good. I mean, I, this is our top ten, and there's, like, you know, you guys had what thirty three, thirty nine movies that you guys. Reviewed? I watched I mean, thirty nine horror movies this year. I watched, watched thirty three. Yeah, Mark, you probably not. were close. Yeah, I was probably in the twenties. I mean, obviously, we watched more than that many horror movies, but. Of this year, I watched of 39, year, yeah. 29. Yeah. Now, the other thing about this is, and I, and I wanted to point this out before we get started, I almost forgot, uh, that this was a weird year because there's a lot of movies, if you look online, you'll see that, that in some places they might say 2019 even or 2020, right. but that's because COVID really messed up a lot of these releases. And so they didn't really get a full theatrical release, or if they did, it was very limited and maybe it was just just uh, film festivals or whatever. And so the actual really of, official release was this year. Even if you look on there and it says 2020, you weren't able to see a lot of those movies that say 2020 because they weren't really released until this year. So anyway, uh, having said that, maybe, uh, the, you know, you could do the boys of chorus, you know. Oh, we're the boys of course. Oh, yeah, you know. Okay. What? Gotcha. Or no, that's more of a. Is that more of a beginning song, or is it more of a? But now we have to go. Oh, that's yeah. like at the end of the show. Or I is, have no, no idea what you guys are talking. I think about that's right the now. the boys of chorus did it like either mid show or pre show. Because yeah. they had to go so that the show could. So start. my number ten. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jeez, go ahead, Joe. Now, uh, again, it, this is my number 10. If you guys have this movie higher up in your top 10 list, then I'll just state the movie and we'll move on and we'll discuss it when we've gotten to the highest rank. Yeah. So my number 10 is The Vigil. Higher for me. Okay. Not on my list. Okay. Then my 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 spot is done. Okay. Mark, Mark. What, what's your number 10? Oh, okay. So uh, number 10 was a last-minute uh, fix. It was Candyman. <laughs> um, nice. And, yeah, and my number 10 spot was a struggle. Um, I I just watched this film in the movie 
I, I had watched a film in the movie theater and I enjoyed it and I didn't think it was that scary and thought the original was better. But all in all, I thought the movie was fine. And then Matt reviewed it last episode and he kind of changed my mind when I listened to the episode because he really enjoyed it. And uh, so rewatching it, I thoroughly enjoyed it way more than I did the first time. Um so, um, basically, I enjoyed the camera angles, the acting. Uh, the kills were far better uh, for some reason. Um, and, Matt, you were right with the kill shot from far away uh, in that skyscraper. Yeah, I loved that. Fantastic. I, I don't know why the first time I saw it in the theater that I, – I thought it was, like, neat, but it, it was – but – the second time I saw it, I it was brilliant how they did that. And um, sometimes, you know, second viewings are needed, and Candyman 2021 is proof. Um, yeah, it, it creeped into my top ten. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it way more than the first time. So, um, you know, thanks, Matt, for that review. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very glad that you put that on your list because it didn't wind up on mine it was on mine and it was one of those that i just kept shuffling in and out i went with a couple other movies that i kind of revisited and it was sort of the same thing there are a couple movies that are on my 10 and 9 that i had i liked but then i kind of revisited them this during winter break and and then i was like ah these kind of have to be on there but i i'm glad it was on somebody's list because it i do think it's very worthy and could easily have been on my list too yeah yeah and, and i'm so hoping for that uh candyman i don't know how much uh, candyman uh uh made in the movie theater but i hope there's going to be a sequel cuz it really leads to something that could be absolutely great at the end of the film because it's it's a cliffhanger when it happens, and so I I really hope uh, they they make a sequel for this because it 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 really goes um, it's well there were three writers that were doing this and it kind of felt like that way for me when I was uh, watching Candyman the first time it, it it seemed more condensed the second time I saw it but at the and it it really just went from like you know fifty miles an hour to like a hundred miles an hour for the last like twenty minutes of the film, and then with the reveal at the end, uh, don't want to ruin it because it, it's going to be hard like to talk about some of these movies for spoiling it. But there was a re- there was a reveal at the end, and you're just going oh now you really want to watch it, and also just. Um, uh, with the end credit scenes and in between the scenes with the uh, paper mache's, yeah, yes, it's so cool. It's so yeah. Cool. I like I like the whatever that little animation is that they had. Too. Yeah, it was really really so simple but so uh-huh. fun to watch. Yeah, it was interesting. So yeah, well that's great. That's Candyman number ten for Mark. And uh, okay, my number ten is one that had been hovering in my top 10 pretty much the whole year because I kind of keep track of my the horror movies that I watch on, on Letterboxd. And it had been hovering around there, and then it dropped out for a while because I saw this way last spring. And there is a tendency, I think, on these lists to the movies that, anyway, for me anyway, the movies that I've seen most recently kind of take precedence a little bit, and all of a sudden I get excited about them, so they wind up in my 10 when there were some movies maybe I saw earlier in the year 
that my memory then is not as good about them. So I did revisit a couple, and this was one of them, and that is The Empty Man. Uh, and I really, this was uh, an interesting film, and, and it I, it's not perfect, certainly, but I do think it's one that's worth putting out there for people, and that's why it's at my number 10 spot. This could have been, any number of movies could have been, certainly could have been Candyman for sure. There were a lot of strong, you know, movies that were potentially going to be in there, but this one, I kind of wanted to, I, I felt like the marketing and the title of this movie hurt the film. The Empty Man sort of feels like it's a cheap uh, Slender Man kind of knockoff, and and this is not that at all. It's very different, and uh, it's directed by David Pryor. Don't let the Slender Man-like title and marketing fool you, because I really believe this is one of the most intelligent and foreboding-feeling films of the year. Uh, the first 25 minutes represent one of the best cold opens of a movie in years. And, I, you know, it's not easy to pin this one down. It doesn't offer easy answers, and there, it's kind of a messy ending a little bit. Uh, that might not have accommodated uh, a wide audience. Um, uh, yeah, your papers are making a lot of noise, <laughs> Joe. Um, I and it, it might, but and and it is. It's way too long. I do feel if this movie was about a half hour shorter, it would be maybe four or five, maybe five stars. It, it well, maybe not that much, but it, it's it would be a lot sharper if it was just a bit tighter. But at the same time, on the other hand, especially in the, and that was my feeling about it the first time I watched it, it was too long. My revisit, I didn't mind it as much. And I kind of appreciated just how meticulously the director uh, took his time to tell the story. Um, and and on top of it, it's already got the makings of, of a cult classic. It's online horror groups, horror podcasts have been spreading the word of mouth about it. In fact, I've been reading a lot more about it, and it's kind of intrigued me a little bit more. So I think this is a movie that in the future will kind of be looked at as as a forgotten gem of this year. So I that's why I put it on there. I loved it. I think it looks beautiful. It's shot incredibly well. Uh, I can't say that I even understood the plot that well because it, it kind of moves from one thing to the next. The, the first half hour of the movie is one thing, and then it sort of becomes a mystery, and then it almost becomes like a folk horror, and it all moves and, and, and um, it kind of – it, it, it kind of flows in, a, in an organic way. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel disjointed to me anyway. But at the same time, the way where it ends is not where you think it's going to end at the beginning of this movie. Uh, it almost even becomes that teenager Slender Man kind of movie for a moment, but and then cuts off in a different direction. There's some imagery in this that were I thought was fantastic as well. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys see this movie? No. Okay. No. Uh, so I, I really loved it. It's definitely worth checking out. So that is my number 10 and that is the empty man. So, uh, Joe, what's your number nine? My number nine is my heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Not on my list. No on my list. All right. Great. I get to talk. Uh, this is a wonderful indie film. Uh, I know I just reviewed this a couple of episodes ago, maybe last episode, but it's about a, uh, a small family where one of their siblings is a vampire. And it really 
presses the question of just how far would you go to save a family member who's got a life-threatening illness? And then follow-up question, what if that illness is vampirism? Because uh, this, this kid has to continually drink blood and stay indoors. And it, this is a very realistic setting. Um, the older brother and sister, the sister's working in a... Uh, in a diner just to sort of make ends meet. And the brother's job is to go out and find these transients that they think society's going to, you know, nobody's going to miss them and kills them to drain the blood and then bury the bodies in the backyard. Uh, the, the horror really isn't about the vampirism or even the killing. It's the horror is really more about the psychological stress that's put on the family members who have to put, their hopes and dreams and ideals on the back burner for the rest of their lives, just so they can take care of their younger brother. And it's got a really excellent claustrophobic feel. Uh, there's really only, I want to say three or four set pieces in this entire film, but just the fact that the family seems so constricted because of the lifestyle that they've chosen. Uh, it just, it's very claustrophobic, very creepy, very eerie. And I, I really enjoyed it. And that was my heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Yeah. I watched this today actually. Yeah. Um, and it, it's definitely a very interesting film. It didn't uh, push into my top 10, but it, it's a definitely a very interesting film, very slow pace, very um, kind of a slow, definitely a slow burn kind of thing, which I love those. Uh, and I liked some of the music too, especially the, I, I immediately um, shazammed the song that that the kid is singing on the karaoke. I, I yeah, really, and and so I've been listening to that that album today, and it, it's actually pretty interesting. It's got kind of '80s music vibe to it, a very synthesizer kind of vibe. I liked it, and it's an interesting movie for sure. Yeah, uh, Mark, what is your number nine? Um, I'm going with uh, the pop popular ones uh, for my uh, higher uh, tens and nines. Uh, I went with for my number nine, A Quiet Place Two. Nice, not on my list, but nice. Not on no, your list me either. either, Joe. Really, Joe? Okay. I, uh, I did enjoy it. I just it didn't crack my top ten. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really had a good time watching that too. So I I I did too. I mean I mean who would have thought John uh, Krasinski can direct really good horror movies? I mean he had a sole writing credit for this uh, film. Also, uh, spoilers if you haven't seen the first one because it starts uh, exactly where the first one left off. Uh, the Advent family uh, must venture off their home and farm and venture forth past the path of the sand um, that they created to not make sounds. I thought this film was excellent. I mean, The, the Quiet Place is basically uh, the go-to when you want to talk about high-concept horror um, uh, a movie where you can relate to or put yourself into that situation. And I love the situation um, uh, that uh, the director puts this family in and uh, the sequel. Um, you're introduced to a new uh, character, Killian, not Cillian, but Killian Murphy, who was an acquaintance of the family that you see in a flashback of day one. And um, day one was absolutely fantastic. What a fun scene that was. Yeah, and, I loved that scene. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Just, it, 
really high tension, you know, with the baseball game and you see like this meteor coming down and you see exactly how this all started. And just with the the car scene going in and out. But I, I just love the situation. I love the premise of this film of these creatures who uh, attack sound. And um, I, I'm really hoping that there's a part three kind of like to make it a trilogy and end it all because um, it, each of these movies are just fantastic. And uh, so, yeah, that's my number nine. And it was the first one was written by a couple of Bettendorf boys. The um, what was the name? Scott Woods and and uh, Brian um, or Brian Woods and I can't remember their names now. I can't believe it. But from a Bettendorf, guys, yeah, there are a couple of guys from Bettendorf wrote the first. Nice, one. yeah. So and they those guys directed the movie Haunt. So I haven't seen that one and wrote it. Yeah, oh, it's a really good, really good. Yeah. When did that come out? That came out in 2019, I think, 20 oh, awesome. or 2020, 2019, okay. 2020, somewhere, somewhere in there. Yeah. Cool. Okay. My, let's see, my number nine is a movie and, and this one is a very strange film and another one that I re revisited and felt much stronger about it the second time. It, but it was one that when, the, when I first saw it, I saw this movie. Well, I'm just going to say what it is. It is Titan. And this is the movie that I saw at Beyond Fest here in Los Angeles. And it was the uh, U.S. premiere or West Coast premiere or something at the Beyond Fest. And the director was there talking about the movie a little bit. And it this is one that is very bizarre. It's not one for everyone, for sure. It is out there. This is the one where the, the woman has sex with the car and winds up getting pregnant. Uh, How did they have sex? I, I, How did I, it happen with the car? I, I explained was, that the first time I talked about it. She Was, was like, it the muffler? She was like, no. She was inside the car kind of straddling the dash. Oh, that's amazing. And but, but you don't see what happened, you know, how, how she gets penetrated, but she's kind of straddling the front seat dash or not dash the uh the console you know the center console or whatever that's called and but she's sort of tied up or whatever anyway um so the director and this is the director of the movie raw and i don't know if you guys have seen raw but it was one of the great movies of the last several years as well uh but she gives another strange and fantastic vision it's it's not quite at the level of raw but don't let it deter you. It's still a great film in its own right. Uh, and it may seem to some of you that it's she's just being weird for weirdness's sake. But I, I listening to her speak and watching a couple of her interviews, she knew exactly what every beat of this movie was all about. Uh, Agatha Roussel is terrific as Alexa Adrian in a gender bending turn. And the most uh, and the performance by uh, Vincent Linden as her surrogate father I think is really one of the most bizarre and powerful performances in recent memory. It is, it's something else. He's raw. He's, it, he's, there's a heartbreaking, almost sympathetic, quiet character to him, but also very strong and, and kind of manly. Uh, he's also uncomfortable and weird as hell. Um, 
this movie won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, at the Cannes Film Festival, which is the big prize at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, it's probably one that's going to rise in this list as time goes by. I don't know. Um, and it's very original, provocative, confrontational. Possibly, maybe, if not the most unforgettable, one of the most unforgettable movies on the list. You certainly won't forget it when you see it. Um, and the only reason it's not higher on my list, actually, is that it's that doesn't fit perfectly into horror. It's it's certainly a mix of genres. And and so I can't say, you know, I, I feel like all the other movies higher up on the list are straight horror movies. And this one is definitely a mix of genres. So I, I don't I definitely think, though, it, it you know, I know a lot of people just absolutely love this movie and and I did too especially on rewatch so that is my number 9 titan uh all right joe we are now at number 8 all right i'm going to speaking of rewatchability i'm going to lighten the mood a bit my number 8 is werewolves within <laughs> damn Anyone? it i didn't see it i didn't see it i was going to see it but it's not on my list okay uh um, but werewolves within I loved it, is yeah. yeah it was uh it, it not all horror movies have to be slashers you know this one was certainly like i said it appealed to my rewatchability um i i do want to watch this one again i mean just the milana uh vitrub whatever her, i don't know how to pronounce Milan, it Mila, i think it's melania melania wine trub or something like yeah. that yeah the chick from the AT&T commercials. I right. Mean, I could just, I could watch her all day long. Wait, um, wait, wait, is she in that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were she's texting hot. about this, Mark. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's her. Yeah, she's hot. And uh, Sam Richardson, who plays Finn Wheeler, he's uh, he's hilarious in that film. Uh, he's a, a ranger, mountain ranger or something, goes to a small town and you know things start disappearing and they they uh, getting attacked and eaten and stolen and they start to realize there's some sort of vampire or not vampire werewolf in the town and um i i really like the chemistry of the cast everybody seemed to work very well together uh there's even my my two personal favorites is we've got uh Guillermo is in it from what we do in the shadows and Danny from 30 Rock is in it too uh, it was just a fun movie. I really enjoyed it, and it was good. Uh, it, it was a relief at the time that I had watched it that I was able to find something that actually made me laugh out loud. So I give it mad props. It was very good. And that's uh, Werewolves Within, based on the video game Werewolves Within. And you like a horror, uh, uh, a werewolf movie now. Yeah. I know. It's like one of my first and only ones that's a werewolf movie that i liked so you liked it better than american werewolf in london it's that good uh yeah actually i did yeah uh, well then wow. i recommend for you uh, another werewolf movie that i think you might enjoy because it has a similar feel and it was actually on my top 10 list last year and that was uh the wolf of snow hollow yes Good movie. Great. Yeah, no, movie. I can I can only have one werewolf movie at a time. So. <laughs> no, Joe, no. No, I think no. you'd really like it because it has a similar feel. Um, yeah. It's not quite as openly broad comedy, but it it's quirky yeah. for sure. Yeah, and uh, it's got a great cast. Robert Forster's in it. And yeah. It's fantastic. So okay. Uh, okay, Mark, what is your number? What is this? Eight. Uh, yeah, this is number eight. Uh, Coming home in the dark. Uh, I, I really, no, it's not on your list. It's, it's, it's higher, higher on, on Joe. Oh, it's higher? Yeah. 
All right, all right. So that's can't that's talk awesome. I love yeah. that. I love that it's higher on your list, Joe. Awesome. Okay. My number eight is Caveat, uh, which I know that my my partners here didn't like it as much as I did, but I loved this movie. This one, uh, I loved it from the minute I saw it. We we gazed at each other across a crowded room and and uh, and fell in love. That my movie in this or me in this movie. Anyway, uh, directed by Damien. I liked McCarthy. it too. I liked it too, man. Oh, good. Yeah, Matt, I thought, Mark I thought just, you weren't... Mark really liked the. He's just afraid of the parts where you put things in holes. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's I do freaky shit, man. Yeah. No, no. I did. I did enjoy Caveat. Yeah. Um, well, or, or, or as I said, Kvet at the first. Yeah, that's right. Kvet. That's <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, I think Joe, I guess really didn't like it, but I, I loved this movie and it, it's about a drifter with partial memory loss who accepts a job to look after his landlord's niece, Olga, who I believe has schizophrenia or something along those lines. Uh, but only for a few days, but there is one caveat and I'm using air quotes, he must submit to being locked into a harness for the duration of the stay to keep him from entering certain rooms. And I also, I question whether or not it's also to keep him from leaving. Uh, but at any rate, uh, things start happening in the house and the caretaker soon begins uh, to discover secrets that lead to a mystery. Caveat is exactly, it, it, it really is. It's exactly the kind of movie that I love. It's got creepy imagery. It's got ghostly haunted house kind of stuff happening. Uh, it's more than just a haunted house tale, but at its core, it really is sort of a haunted house tale. It's also a psychological thriller, and, and it's got a, a lot of different things happening all at once. It's also one of the creepiest movies with images that gave me goosebumps, including one claustrophobic scene with a dead body that had Michelle and me on the edges of our seats while we were watching it. This one's on Shudder, like a lot of the movies. And it is, I, I feel like it hasn't gotten a lot of love this year when I look around at other people's top 10 lists or movie people talking about movies. I feel like it's it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, but I really love this. This one uh, hovered around number two, three, four for me a lot of the year. Uh, but I, I moved it back because I had some others that just really jumped out at me as we went. But that is my number eight, and that is Caveat, or Cavette, as Mark you, said. You had it at two and three and four, huh? Well, as the year went on, but, I'm, you know, as you yeah. watch other things, then other things move up. But, yeah, for it, a lot of... I mean, it's I, a good movie. I think we it, watched it. It really it, is a good movie. We watched this... I think I watched this the same week that... They might have even come out at the same time. Uh, I believe I watched this the same week that I watched The Vigil. And, the, and they're very similar movies, The Vigil, in that. So. Sure. Uh, Vigil okay. is great, too. Uh, Joe, your number seven. My number seven is Fear Street Part One, nineteen ninety four. That well, Part One ninety six, huh? Mine's higher. Uh, ninety ninety four. I've got that higher. Yeah. Okay. But I'm real. I mean, technically, I'm I'm including the entire series in that, but I do have it higher. Yeah. Okay. But I have it as Fear Street nineteen ninety four on my list as well. But I'm yeah. really thinking of the. I I was referring to specifically just the one, 1994. I did have part two on my list, but it was lower than the top ten. It didn't make my top ten. It was just so hard for me to separate all three movies because they were such a 
you know, I don't know that one would stand, well, one wouldn't stand on its own without the others, you know, because they were really parts. So I, 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 I just, just I wasn't been, a, go ahead. I, I wasn't a big fan of part three, the 1666. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if I had to group them all together, I'm afraid it would have knocked it down further on my list. Yeah. Probably not out of the top 10, but, um, but still, I, I really enjoyed the first one and the second one as well, but we can, we'll talk about it when we get to yours. All right, Mark. I I got a feeling uh, this is going to be higher on your list. I have the Night House at number seven. Higher. Yep, that's higher. what I figured. That's what I figured. So yeah, night the Night House was at number seven for me. All right. Uh, for my number seven, I have Lamb. Anybody else? I I, I got it at uh, higher at number five. Okay. Then we will move on. Joe, you're number six. Okay, my number six, and I'm not going to apologize for it one bit. Last night in Soho. Don't don't apologize at all. Don't apologize. Yeah, at don't all. That, apologize. That's my number six too. Wow, okay. great. So you guys go ahead and take it. It's not on my list, so you guys go ahead and take that away. Okay, I I absolutely love this film, and I know I'm biased, and anybody that knows my taste in movies knows I'm a huge Edgar Wright film or a fanatic. But I I thought it was. It was fun movie. The sets were absolutely gorgeous. The costumes were fantastic. The cinematography was stunning. Um, I I liked the special effect. There's one special effect that bothers me, but I can't really get into it without ruining anything. So I won't. And I understand why they did what they did. Um, the costumes were great. The soundtrack uh, again. He, I, if Edgar Wright ever wanted to get out of film and just produce playlists. I, I think he'd make a killing, but I, I really enjoyed this, the, the entire storyline of it. Um, I, I know that there's lots of people out there that didn't give it a whole lot of love and I don't get it. It's coming out on Blu-ray. I think on the 18th of this month, I'll be getting my own 4k copy. Yeah. Hell yes. It yeah. was gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Yeah. The last night at, uh, in Soho was directed by uh, one of my favorite directors, also Joe uh, Edgar Wright. And it's his first real dive into horror. I mean, I know you got Shaun of the Dead, but that was more comedy. It was more lighthearted. This was more just beautiful to watch. Uh, uh, it, it's not your typical horror film. It's it's about a student played by uh, uh, Tominian McKenzie who is obsessed with the 60s and rents a room in London. Uh, when she falls asleep, she ends up in a 1960s environment in London, Soho. Uh, and there she is like sort of a witness uh, to another character named Sandy, uh, played by the beautiful Anya Taylor-Joy, who uh, wants to be a, a singing star. And uh, this movie is, the soundtrack draws you into it. Just the the effects that uh, Edgar Wrights does um, with music, the way Edgar puts music into his films is just masterpieces, absolute masterpieces. And uh, I, I saw with, like I said uh, before in, in one of the episodes when I was reviewing it, I saw it with Dylan, and she leaned over and she's because she had no idea. She had no idea what this film was about. And she's going, Dad, is this a horror film? I'm like, yeah. She's going, I'm loving this. I'm absolutely loving this. This film is just so beautiful to watch. Um, I, I, I know exactly what Joe's talking about with some special effects. Um, 
But um, yeah, it's it's just a nice slow burn. It's like forty five minutes. You're just watching a movie and just getting involved with the characters, and I I, I love it. Uh, this movie is magic to me, absolute magic to me, and I'm so happy that Joe and I were at. We you had it at number six too, right, Joe? Yep, I had it at number six. So that's awesome. Is. Yeah, no, I it it certainly uh, is in my top twenty of the year, but. But uh, I'm glad you guys had it on yours because I, I did enjoy that a lot. It just didn't, you know, I didn't. I, there were others I liked better, but well, since Matt and I, or since Mark and I both had it number six, I guess that makes you you're wrong. That, yeah, that makes me wrong. Yeah. I guess yeah. Yeah. you watched it you wrong. Watched it wrong. Yeah. 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 You watched it but wrong. Would you? Would we you all agree? Earbud, earbuds in. I would agree that it's all. It's then a scare certified. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my number. Six. Six. Now, now I think we're going to be getting into a couple movies. That well, anyway, my number six is a movie that I just saw recently, and I'm super excited about. I tried to get you guys to watch it. I don't think you did, and but I didn't want to be too forceful about it because I didn't want to like tip the scales of expectation too much. But anyway, my number six is the advent calendar, which was on shutter. And it is, uh, I thought one of the most interesting things I've seen in a while directed by Patrick Riedermont, I believe Riedermont. It's a Belgian, uh, kind of a, I guess you could say it's a careful what you wish for style morality tale, I guess. Uh, it's about a paraplegic woman who receives this exquisitely crafted uh, like wooden German advent calendar from a friend of hers who went to Germany, I guess, on travels or whatever, and brought it back for her as kind of a pre-Christmas gift. And But there are certain rules written on it in German. And I believe our paraplegic girl, she can, she can read German or whatever. And so uh, there are certain rules that you have to do. If you decide you are going to open up the first door on this advent calendar, it says on there that you must, if you decide to open it and you eat the candy that's in there, you must eat the rest of the candy. You must go through the whole advent calendar and eat each thing and do exactly what it says to do or whatever, or you will die. You'll be killed. Um, You must, if you, if you stop, and don't do it one day. You have to do it each day. Uh, if you don't do it one day, you'll be killed. If you dump it and try to give it to somebody else, you'll be killed. And each night at about midnight, this little wooden demon thing pops up out of the out of the thing, and it's this creepy looking little drawing, uh, kind of painted wood figure of this weird demon looking thing that pops up and and. You, push it back down or whatever, and you open up a drawer and and there's a piece of candy or, or something that you have to eat or something you have to do. Uh, it's, it's a really cool concept. Um, and the, uh, let's see, um, things of, you know, at the beginning, things start going right for the woman. Like she, I think comes into a bunch of money and, and it, it's sort of like one of those careful what, what you wish for things. She starts things in her life, start going really well. She finds love. She, uh, finds money, all this stuff, but there's a price 
for all of these things? What is the cost? What is the tax for each of these great things happening? Um, and it, again, this is another one that Michelle and I were on the edges of our seats. There's a lot of things in it that were like, no, no, don't do that. Don't, you know. Um, but it's a film that hasn't gotten a lot of love from what I've seen. It kind of flew under the radar. Shudder sort of popped it in around the holidays. Um, but it's without a doubt one of my favorite movies of the year. And a completely original story, very unique story, very originally uh, told. Uh, I, I, this director, I think, has a really cool vision. The actress, the lead actress, uh, was really good. Um, and all the other actors were, too. And the, the situation that, ev that, that happens as it goes along, there's some things she has to do that you're, that you're like, oh, no. And then the ending is kind of controversial. There's a lot of people who really didn't care for the ending, but I loved it. Uh, but I'm not a fan of, of endings where everything gets just wrapped up in a little bow. I like a little something that you could chew on at the end. And I, I, so I thought the ending was perfect, actually. And I say that without giving much away because there's no way you're going to guess what happens at the end, I don't think. Uh, but it's it's really strong. This is my number six. and Right? Number six? Yeah. Uh, and I loved it. That is the Advent Calendar, and it is on Shudder. So if you if you... Subscribe to Shudder. I really strongly suggest that you check this movie out because it's it's a really, really strong movie, a good one. So anyway, that's my number six. Uh, Joe, what's your number five? My number fives and number fours were the ones that I kept playing back and forth with. I couldn't decide which one to go where. But my number five is The Stylist. Either of you have that? Not on my list. It's not on my list. Oh. This is, this is one that... I was it was hovering was, in that nine and ten spot. I was just like, yeah, oh, that, that's where. Mine but I was I knew too, it was going to be on yours. Spot. This is one where yeah. I knew it was going to be on yours. So I thought, you know what, we could talk about it when you get to it. Um, so I, I went with other movies instead. But but no, this I loved this too. Yeah, I I loved this film. I heard nothing about it ahead of time. I this movie really deserved more buzz. Um, it's just plain creepy. I mean, we're watching oh, uh, uh, the brief synopsis is this lonely hairstylist. Uh, she becomes obsessed with the lives of her clients and descends into a murderous spree. But and I you know, honestly, I don't care if I'm giving this away too much, but she's basically scalping her select members of her clientele and murdering them and taking their scalps back to this little hidden room in her basement, this little sanctuary where she'll put on their scalps like wigs as sort of an escape to be somebody else. And I mean, this is like Buffalo bill level, <laughs> uh, Patrick Bateman, just yeah. psychotic yeah. Uh, behavior. And she, but way, uh, I, I think way scarier than them for some reason too. Like, I mean, obviously B Buffalo bill and Patrick Bateman were obviously crazy, but she, Seems like somebody could just yeah. totally fit Creepy. in, and uh, and and you wouldn't know it at all. Like she was, she's somebody who just kind of, uh, you know, sort of sift through the cracks, and nobody would pay right. attention to her. But meanwhile, she's doing all this horrible stuff. Yeah, I, uh, the actress's name is Najara Townsend, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, Najara Townsend. She plays this uh, stylist named Claire. She gets asked to do this wedding, and she she really yeah. she's a very <laughs> personable, attractive girl. I I thought she was gorgeous. I'm, I'm a sucker for redheads, but I mean, I, I the only thing that I didn't like about it is she seemed 
too likable and too pretty that it, it almost made it unbelievable that she had no friends and that she no, was this that's what messed I liked up in the head. But, but, but she yeah, was I mean, awkward. You needed that. Yeah. yeah. Because if she was like a visual outcast, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, then we know it's her. But yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's always one of those people you least suspect. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah, but and just the the extent that she goes to, you're just yelling at the screen like, "Oh my god, why are you going into that woman's house and why are you sifting through her nightstand and taking that little female friend out of there?" And you're gonna get caught. And you're gonna oh, it was such a good movie. I I really really enjoy. It was nice and suspenseful, and I again, this is a rewatchability meter for me. So. Oh, yeah. No, I, I yeah, thought it yeah, was fantastic. Sure. And I thought she was really good. The other thing I was going to say about her creepiness is that, you know, she was just awkward enough that it, it didn't like Buffalo Bill in Sons of the Lambs. Everyone's going to recognize the weirdness there. You know what I mean? Like there's no there's it, it's almost unbelievable that you could be caught by a guy like that because his, his weirdness is so on the surface. And Patrick Bateman right. kind of, too, you know, there was just something he, he looks like a, 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 a narcissist, you know, and acts like one. Uh, so you kind of get a sense dumb during an interview with Willem but, Dafoe. <laughs> yeah. But, but with her, you kind of like, you know, there's just something off about her, but not enough to make you think she'd do something like she does. So completely under the radar. Yeah. I, I will tip my barber extra well next time I go to get a haircut. <laughs> but, and don't go late at night. No, yeah. no. I'm telling everybody, here's when my appointment is. Make sure I come back in a half an hour. Yeah, and don't make your life sound perfect or anything. <laughs> yeah. I love that that opening, uh, the first girl that comes in to get her hair done. Yeah. Like in the middle of the night without an appointment. Oh, I love that. I was, it was one of those times you're really rooting for the psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a Tarantino scene. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. You know? Yeah. 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 No, that was a good one. I, I was glad that you recommended it. Yeah. Um, Mark, what's your number five? My number five is Lamb. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. It's, it's, uh, it. It's a married couple in an atmospheric uh, Icelandic farm where they're raising a, a sheep, and they kind of adopt a lamb. Um, it... <sighs> How do you, Matt? How do you how do you describe this movie without or talking about this movie, but without ruining it? Oh, um, the music is um, fantastic. I think in this, it's very unsettling uh, tone of the film. Uh, cinematography, it's so bright um, and so different than yeah. most of uh, other uh, uh, horror films that you see. It's it doesn't seem like a horror film, but it is. It, it reminds me of The Witch. It's just subtle. Um, yeah. The camera just stays. On, well, and on... they're living in a place where it, it obviously it, they're in the middle of, of a summer or something like that. They're living mm-hmm. in a probably an Arctic region where yeah. where it is sunny for it never like gets dark because when they go to bed, it's still light outside. So, yeah, and I yeah. like that too. I like I like the the change, you know, because it's sort of like I guess Midsummer or one of those movies where it's a brightly it's a sunny day horror movie. You know, The Shining yeah. is a bit like that too. It's very bright for the most part. 
Um, yeah, but, I, 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 yeah. I, I love, I love uh, the character getting dumped off the road. The brother, um, uh, the whole, uh, oh yeah, you know, flirting with the wife. Just, it's just so tense, so it's tense. Very layered. And I know there's, yeah, very layered. Um, I know there's a, um, there's people that have a problem with the ending. I love the ending. I thought the oh, ending me too. was great. Yeah, no, oh, I thought it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It could, it, it I was... mean, it, it could be no other way. And and no, really, there was no other. Yeah, way. there's no other way it could be. Um, but it, it, I mean, it's heartbreaking. But it was, it was, it was exactly the way it had to be. Yeah. To for a movie to actually give you feelings for this mother sheep, <laughs> right? You know. Just staring outside, you know, the house. It was you know, the best acting looking... by a sheep I think I've ever seen. <laughs> by the way, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what, what a, what an incredible film! What a original idea! I, it, it, yeah, it, it, it had to be my, my number five. An A two four never disappoints me. Yeah, I'm a super fan of it. I don't know if I'm biased because every time I see the A24 logo, I'm just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, no, um, they're, they're always good and they're always they're yeah. usually slow burn. And I, mm-hmm. I just – they're usually really interesting movies. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought this was one of the most intriguing movies of the year and, and has a good chance of growing into an absolute cult classic or just a this classic. This has to end um, up as a cult classic. It's sort of a – Any other way. Yeah. It's sort of a horror – slash modern fairy tale, you know, sure. but, but in the Grimm brother, you know, brothers Grimm kind of way, not the Disney kind of way. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's a definitely a slow burn. It may not have enough action for a lot of people, but uh, if you're in the mood for a layered and sort of a, almost a poem of a film, uh, mm-hmm. I think you're, you're going to love lamb. It, it was, it was really good. Yeah. It, what, what, what was lamb for you? Was it number seven? That was number seven. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Let's see. So that is your number. What was that? Five? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was five for me. So Joe, my number five is Fear Street. So uh, if you want to go ahead and start us off, talk about what, what 1994 Fear Street. And go ahead. Uh, I really enjoyed the scream type of feel and vibe that came off of this movie. Yeah. Um, I consider this to be a gateway film in a good way. Um, I cannot get over that. This is based on RL Stein novels, which I've never read admittedly. Um, but if this is what RL Stein novels are similar to, I know it's not like a, an actual screenplay or anything, but, um, then I need to start reading them because this was excellent. And I'm, I'm, when I say this is a gateway, I'm hoping that there's a whole nother generation of younger kids that will see movies like this on Netflix and be like, Oh my God, this is great. I got to get into horror. This is fantastic. Um, you know, this is like what our generation had with, uh, nightmare on Elm street all the way up through till scream. And then there was another generation of kids getting into it. But yeah. the, um, the soundtrack was great. I don't remember. There were a couple songs that they didn't, that weren't actually released prior to 1994. I can't remember which ones, but that's being really nitpicky. But it was it was a fun film. I loved the special effects. There's an amazing kill in the grocery store at the end that I could watch. Actually, I have slow mode that like four or five times <laughs> over and over again. Best kill. Best yeah, kill was, of uh, 2021. 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, has I'll give to you be. That. Oh yeah, no, yeah. it was fantastic. Has to be. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, let's see. I put uh, it was directed by Lee Janiak, Janiak, I guess. Um, and I just watched some interviews with her, and she's such a pleasant, sweet person. And this was a really hardcore movie. I mean, it was a, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd say really hardcore, but for that genre and the market, the audience is sort of meant for it was it was intense. Um, I think it's and overall, when you take the whole series as a whole, it's probably the greatest achievement in horror this year. Just because I mean, there, there's so many ways that this could have gone wrong. 1666 certainly wasn't perfect, but it wasn't that bad. And I mean, it wasn't bad. It was. I, I still thought it was good, and I liked the way it the way they wrapped up the story. They, they could have just not had an ending at all, or had no satisfying ending. And I thought they did pretty well. Once they got out of 1666. Then the story kind of came back to being 1994 again, and it was it was great. I like I think I liked as just a standalone movie. I think I liked 1978 better. The second part, yeah, it was um, yeah. 1978 was was my favorite, and the only reason why this isn't in my top ten is because I kind of lumped it together as a series, and I just said, oh, it's just too easy to, you know put it in 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 the top 10 but it, joe it, is absolutely right this is um something for younger kids to watch to get into horror um it honestly i mean it, it, 1666 wasn't really that bad at all um it, it was a nice you know bow tie i guess but yeah uh 1978 was my favorite then it was the 1994 yeah but but yeah, yeah, it's great. No, 1994 was great. Uh, but the whole series—it's three parts told in one story over three separate weeks, rather than a bin um, told. And and the way it was released is it was released, you know, one week and then the next week, I believe, and then the next week. Uh, Actually, that's and... that. That was one of the things I want to applaud Netflix for doing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because um, it was in this day and age of binge watching everything, where they just vomit up like here's 30 episodes of this season of this show go ahead and watch them all tonight or this weekend it was great to have that feeling of you know i'm dating myself i don't want to say old serials but you know the old tv shows you used to have to come home every night like oh my god this is on or you know be a cliffhanger you have to wait an entire week to find out what happens next i think that's the way it's going for most other streaming services though like like netflix is still the only one that that, that dumps all their episodes at once like that. Hulu is one week at a time. Now, sometimes they'll release yep. two or three episodes at the same time, but, but they don't release the whole thing at the same time. Right. Obviously HBO max is still week to week. Uh, most, most Disney of the plus Disney yeah. plus is week to week. Most of these streaming services are going back to the, the old one week after the next. And I do think that that builds up, um, well, for you one thing, marinate it. Well, well yeah. not only that, just like think about it and the anticipation. And Netflix really needs to get on on the train for that. I mean, well, that's because Netflix is is just taking on everything and anything they can and bringing all kinds of content in. And so, but when you release one a week, then you don't have to have as much content because you have one per week coming out. You yeah. know. Um, but anyway. Uh, I I think this could have easily just been another throwaway Netflix dump, but Janiac turned this into a layered and frightening homage to uh, slashers. 
Uh, but it's not just nostalgia. I thought it took it one step further. It had a really compelling story, and I thought it went deeper than I was expecting from a Fear Street, uh, R.L. Stein kind of thing. It, it was a lot deeper than that. There were some amazing kills, as you guys talked about, including that one really shocking one I thought in the first season or the first uh, um, movie. And um, you know, even I think the most seasoned horror fans were were taken by that. Oh uh, heck yeah! Shot. So I really think they Pleasant knocked surprise. it knocked it out of the park with this one. So I hope that I hope we see more Fear Street movies in the future. Oh, that would be amazing, especially if they're if they done this. this well. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. So, uh, okay, that brings us to number four, Joe. All right, my number four was Censor. Uh, higher. Higher. Oh. I'm in, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine, that's higher for me. Uh, Mark? That's higher for me. Uh, number four, um, I'm probably going to be alone on this. Malignant. Anybody? Malignant? Malignant. Yeah, malignant. <laughs> Malignant. Yes, you are. You are alone, alone on that one. But I'm alone on malignant. this. I, well, the only reason it didn't wind up at number ten for me, uh, because I, you know, it was another one I kind of revisited and, and have a little more appreciation for, um, is that I knew you'd put it on your list. So I, I, but I, I really was tempted to put it in there. It, it ultimately, I'm glad I didn't because it really isn't one of my ten favorite of the year. But, yeah. but it, I do think it was a, 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 a really. Uh, good achievement. Anyway, you go ahead. I, I had it at 13, if that helps. Yeah, I had no, it. No, that's great. Yeah, Malignant. Um, my uh, my notes are uh, pretty stupid because uh, this I think movie in is... order for it to be on your list, you have to be able to pronounce it, Mark. Yeah, no, it's no, it, Malignant. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> what? No, no, stop. That is All right. still wrong. All right, so uh, this movie is so bad, it's good. These are my notes. This is what I wrote down, because <laughs> this movie is so bad it's good. This movie is self-aware, but doesn't let on that it's self-aware until the final act. This movie has the best payoff scene of the year, in my opinion. Um, this movie has some of the cheesiest acting. This movie was stupid. This movie was fantastic. This movie had me sighing in boredom. This movie had me bouncing up and down on my couch laughing and saying, fuck yes. I love this movie. Highly recommended. Thank you, James Wan. Yeah. Those are my notes for it. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I do think all of that those things that movie. all of those things are true at the same time. It's stupid, yes. but it's insane. It's it's fantastic. It's yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I the payoff is so good. The pri the jail scene is the best payoff I've seen in years. Um, I I did not know really what was happening until the, until they started explaining what was happening, and then when the jail scene happened, my, I I still remember what I was doing. My mouth just started grinning ear to ear. I start bouncing it up and down, going, "Oh my god!" Uh, it. Just, I had a blast with this movie. It had me on different spectrums of hating this movie and loving this movie. And uh, Joe's, uh, uh, when he talked about this movie at the end in the hospital, what was happening, um, it, he, he's dead on. Uh, one of the stupidest endings ever. I, it, it was just a 
fun movie to watch, yeah. and it was so unexpected. It was they gave James Wan just say, "Here's some money." And he made a film that he wanted to make, and it was great. It was great. Yeah, and I mean, it was definitely four. sort of an homage to the Giallos and, yes. and those Italian films. So, I, yeah, I thought I, I'm glad it was on your list for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my number four is a movie called Come True. Uh, did you guys? I, yeah, I, I think it was another one I recommended that neither of you watched. Um, <laughs> so, uh, directed by Anthony Scott Burns, uh, this one is really a, a tight little movie. Uh, it, it is about a semi-homeless teenage girl who submits to a, basically she submits to a university sleep study so that she can have, basically so she can have a bed and shelter. She does have a home, but she spends a lot of nights sleeping on benches in parks. It's very strange. And they never really, I, can't, I don't think they really delve too much into why she's, she has such a problem with her mom, but, but, uh, but they, there's this weird subtext with that too. And it's, it's really an interesting film. Uh, she soon discovers that there's more to this sleep study than just studying sleep. This film has, it's kind of flown under the radar. Um, there's a, there's a strong dream logic to much of the film, especially as the main character played by Julia Sarah Stone, who is fantastic in this. As, as she goes deeper into this rabbit hole, more things come out in this sort of dream um, state that she gets into. It's a bit art house combined with Cronenberg, which really is like perfect to me. Um, someone online mentioned that this would be the perfect setup for a Freddy Krueger reboot. And I got to say, that is the perfect idea, because what, what happens in this movie, it doesn't go there, obviously, but I could see a, a, a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot or some way to bring Freddy back using this kind of style. And it's not it's certainly not Dream Warriors. It's way more art house than Dream Warriors. But like if you wanted the real not the comedian Freddy, if you wanted the old scary Freddy uh, from part one and part two then this would be a great setup for that. But this was uh, one of my, obviously one of my favorite movies of the year. And that is come true. And I believe it is on Hulu. Uh, Hulu has a few of my favorite movies this year. Um, so I, Hulu used to be known for like really kind of crappy dump, uh, almost like uh, uh, just they dump, you know, streaming channels would dump movies on Hulu. But this one, uh, they this year they've had some really strong ones on there and come true is one of the better of the bunch. So definitely highly recommend that one. So uh, number three, Joe. Actually, I want to comment. I think on that sleep study idea with the uh, uh, Freddy Krueger coming back, I think all the people need to have sleep apnea just because I thought that'd be funny. They're all snoring. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. They're all going for a sleep apnea study. So. That would kind of kill I need, it. I need one of those devices on me when I sleep. Let me yeah. tell you, it's like. <laughs> all um, right, my Joe. my number three is we're on number three, correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Coming home in the dark. There's yeah, that's my uh, number eight. Not on my list. Go ahead, Joe. Oh my God, you're kidding. Nope. Wow. Um, Wait, no, no, seriously, Matt, that's not it's on not, your list. No, no. Wow, that was one of the ones that you recommended to me that I 
watched. And yeah, you know, no, I, I don't get me wrong. I fun of Mark I, for not watching. I have it. a great deal of appreciation for that movie. But as I was making my list, I was like, this is a movie I don't think I ever want to watch again. And and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was just in, I was really in love with all the other movies in my list, and I really wasn't in love with that one. Movie, I have man. a great deal of appreciation for it. Don't get me wrong. It's just I didn't want and i knew you'd have it on yours anyway so yeah i uh i actually i don't want to say i rewatched it already but i rewatched parts of it just because i wanted to re-familiarize <laughs> myself with it Sick and bastard. i bet you, you can guess which parts that i watched Golly. Um, but i i you know i a guy and his family go on a little trip in new zealand and uh they get they're like having a picnic along the side of the road and all of a sudden two gentlemen seem to walk up and start taking over the conversation and next thing you know they're all being held hostage and there's very good reason why for it and i thought that the main villain uh mandrake played by daniel gillius uh he's extremely charismatic yes and i i gotta say you know they say like the best villains are the ones that you can sympathize with um I don't want to say that anything that this guy did was justifiable by any means, but the more you find out about his story, the more you seem to be on his side. Yes. And it just goes to show, which I, this is kind of a running theme through some of these other, like uh, the vigil is another big one. It's, it's living the rest of your life where you had an opportunity to do something and you didn't. And then living the rest of your life with regret. And there were plenty of opportunities where the father of this family had the ability to do something all the way back from when he was a teacher and he witnessed things at that grade school and he didn't intervene. Um, it's, it's just, you know, you got to seize the day. You got to have the spine and some courage from time to time. And if you don't, here's a perfect example of what could possibly happen. So I, I really enjoyed coming home in the dark there are some really fantastic in your face, immediate reaction yeah. uh, shots in there, especially at 16 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I love this movie. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love this movie too. I'm, I'm not going to touch uh, much more on it because Joe just described this movie perfectly. Um, I think the acting in this movie, especially with Mandrake and, oh, his partner, um, yeah. he, he doesn't say much, but there's a, uh, there's a scene in this where um, the father's talking and uh, Mandrake's uh, partner stares at him, and you see a crease in his eyes and his nose uh, of a snarl, and it's menacing. Just, it just takes your breath away. Um, I really liked uh, uh, Mandrake's uh, uh, partner in this, but Mandrake is so uh, charismatic, and you really, during the film, for a film to make you something so horrific happens at the beginning of this film that when you start sympathizing with the people that have done this horrific thing and you start sympathizing, you know, you have a good film. You, you absolutely do. And I was engrossed throughout the whole film. Um, the mother was absolutely fantastic in this. And there's a scene where, um, she wakes up um, from being unconscious, and 
the screams and the, and what she went through and the sounds was absolutely horrific to even listen to. And I I don't want to ruin it. I I just think this movie is absolutely phenomenal. Thanks, Matt, for uh, recommending it and uh, putting it on your top ten. But Joe and I absolutely love this, apparently. So, um, yeah, it's such a good film. Such a good film. And and, um, I texted uh, after I saw this film. I was going, you know, I really wish we could watch some horror movies together. Because this was one of them that I really wish we watched together. I think I, I saw one of the – I think it might be Amazon or Netflix, one of the two. You can watch it together on their thing, but I don't know. Really? You, yeah, I think you have to be on your computer or whatever. And oh. It's it's not – I've, do I've tried it before. It's not as fun as it sounds. You can do it with uh, Oculus Quest if you guys have a Oculus headset. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't have no. that. Do you, Joe? Well, get one. Yeah, actually, I do. Do you really? Well, How I don't. Parker, Parker has one. He got it a couple of years ago for Christmas. Parker, Marcus, Marcus. Um, let's see. Well, okay, so that brings me to my number three, and my number three is Censor. That is my number three. Oh, perfect. That was that was my number four. Oh wait, no, you, what? Mark. I thought you went too. Wasn't oh because Coming Home of the Dark was. For the yeah, back for you. Oh, okay. Eight. Sorry. Yeah, it was actually a sensor. It was actually your turn. So go ahead. Me? Yeah, go ahead. I yeah. I, I get to introduce this movie? Sure, sure. It was your, actually yeah. it is your turn. But yeah. Holy crap. Uh yeah, sensor was um recommended by Joe and uh Matt. Um the sensor is about a woman whose uh job is to censor horror movies. Uh she notices uh, an actress who resembles her lost kid sister, uh, so she embarks on a investigation which crosses the line of reality and fiction. Um, and what she saw her, what she thinks she saw of her sister or her sister was on was a video nasty. And I never knew what a video nasty was until this movie. Yeah. Um, this was what? Yeah, no, I was agreeing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a video nasty is, I guess, uh, uh, early seventies and maybe early eighties, kind of like I, I guess, like Faces of Death, uh, videos that are banned, that are like completely graphic. But anyways, um, this movie uh, reminded me of uh, that Jake Gyllenhaal movie, the 2013 movie Enemy. Do did you guys ever see that movie? No. Oh, you need to see that movie. Um, it reminded me of that movie. Uh, this this movie's uh, how do I even start? Uh, I I introduced it. You guys continue it. I uh, well I'll I'll go. Um, so this was uh, Censor, directed by uh, Prano Bailey Bond, I believe. Um, and there's there's really a lot of Panos Cosmatos in the look of this film, and he is the director of. Uh, Mandy and Under the Black Rainbow, two of my favorite movies of recent memory, especially Mandy, which I, I just think is a brilliant, I didn't, fantastic I didn't film. Know that. Uh, but it, it has a lot of his look in it. So I and I read uh, an interview where this director did say that you know they were uh, very influenced by 
Panos Cosmatos and and Mandy and Under the Black Rainbow, especially in the look, especially in the outside scenes with the red like lighting in the trees and all of that. It's very Cosmatos. Um, there's a mystery at the core of the movie, one that play, pays off in the end, though it may not be in the way you're expecting. There's a real tension built, and uh, it sticks with you after you've done. I, I found myself in most of these movies really on my list. One common thread is that I found myself – these were movies I really found myself thinking about a lot afterwards and and wanting to go back and revisit Um. So I, I thought it was a also a great performance by that um, main girl or woman, uh, Naam Algar, I think is her name or something like that. Uh, and this is, an, again, another one on Hulu. So I, I loved it. Joe? It's, yeah. uh, speaking of how intricate this movie can get, uh, yeah. there was something – there were two lines in there that a coworker says to uh, – what was it? Nina? No. Yeah. Enid. Enid was the main yes. girl, correct? Okay. Yes. Um, people construct stories to cope. You'd be surprised what the human brain can edit out when it can't handle the truth. That kept sticking in my head through this whole movie. And I will, I, I did watch this movie a second time and we never really find out what happened to her sister. Right. No. And that makes me wonder if, Enid was responsible in more than what we think for her disappearance. Oh, I didn't think about yeah, it. Yeah, I felt like so that was, messed yeah. up in her head, coping with it. Um, yeah, it's such a it's it's a wonderful portrayal of life imitating art mm. and how people can you know that's their job. They gotta watch these horrific scenes that these psychopaths come up and put on film and. To think that they wouldn't be affected somehow is just asinine. Um, yeah, I, the, that woman, wonderful portrayal of this. I'm it, the whole movie just made me like want to take a shower afterwards. It's very dark. It's very gritty. It's very slimy. Um, especially the whole scene where she interacts with that director at his house. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a great scene, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a fantastic film. I'm I'm very glad we we stumbled on this one. The yeah, yeah definitely. The, the end, the, certified. Go ahead, Matt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the ending too. Um, the little quick flashbacks of what's actually happening, um, haunting, haunting, still in my mind. Um, it's. Such a well done movie, yeah, yeah. Censor is my number three, and um, please, please, please watch watch this film because it's so well done. Even though, even like the credits at the beginning when they're showing all the um, um, films that were banned or whatnot, you know, uh, it's very artistic, very fun to watch, beautiful to watch. It's great movie. All right, Joe, number two. Uh, all right, my number two, this is an easy one. This is a softball, The Night House. Uh, higher. Uh. <laughs> oh, Spoiler oh, alert. I knew Spoiler it. Alert. I we know what my number it. one is. I knew Matt was going to be higher. <laughs> all right, well, I, I guess we'll it. talk about this later. Uh, oh, Mark. my gosh, I knew it. <laughs> so so what? am I on number two? Number two, Mark. That would be Halloween Kills. 
Ooh, nice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Matt, Matt, Matt. Uh, who would have thought that a Friday 13th fan would put ho- a Halloween movie at number two in 2021? I mean, what's not to love? I mean, Michael Myers is unleashed. He's uncollared. Uh, we get to see Michael uh, destroy an entire town. This movie made me a fan of Michael Myers. It really did. Um, the just Michael Myers. I I truly um, witnessed the power and just the nostalgic feeling of Michael Myers. Of I I guess it was just me watching all of the Halloween films and me starting to appreciate uh, the films a lot more. And yeah, Halloween Kills was just an absolute thrill ride. I I don't know it, what happened. I I saw it opening night. I saw everybody in in Halloween shirts and uh, Halloween hats, and it was a packed theater, and it was just one of the better uh, theater experiences that I've ever experienced over maybe in 20 years. Uh, People were screaming. People were laughing. People were rooting for Michael. People were rooting for the victims. Um, It it was just such a horror experience that I don't don't think I'm ever going to forget. Are are there things, you know, like iffy on this? Yeah, you know, uh, evil dies tonight, you know, the hospital scenes. There, There are some scenes where it's a little cheesy or whatnot, but... All in all, it was just really fun to witness Michael Myers as who he is, and and he was the shape. And I I am a fan of Michael Myers now, and I'm I'm totally appreciative of this movie. And I I, I had a blast. It's it's number two, and it's gonna stay at my number two. And nice. I I just really loved Halloween Kills. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it too. Uh, I didn't. Put it on my top ten. It could easily have been on there, but I, I, I think it's like twelve for me or something like that. But I, I really, really loved that film too. The kills and it, were gr- it kind of reminded me a little bit of Malignant in that yeah. it, it has that crazy like it took big swings and just like, you know what, we're Huge going swings. we're going balls out on this one. And uh Yeah, yeah. And and they kept uh Lori Strode in the background, you know, she was recovering in the hospital. It was basically focused on Michael Myers. Right. In Haddonfield, it, yeah. it, it was great. It was fun. And it the flashback scenes, the flashback. Oh, the scenes flashback I were great. scenes with uh, Donald Pleasance, who uh, it wasn't CGI. It was an actual. It yeah. was an actual actor with prosthetics over his face. He looked perfect. Right. He looked absolutely perfect. The Which, flashback scenes were great. I was thinking while I was watching, I was like, "Why didn't they do this for Star Wars? <laughs> like, just <laughs> exactly. just use prosthetics. God. Yeah. You know." Uh, oh yeah, it was it was just so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about the flashbacks. How great it was. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, just 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 a fun film, and I am a Halloween fan. Excellent. Um, yep. Okay, so number my number two is the Vigil. So I think Joe, yours it was further back for you, I believe, right? Yes, and, uh, that was my number ten. Yeah, and Mark, was it on your list or no? It was not. Okay, so. This is directed by Keith Thomas. Uh, this is probably my favorite setup of the year. Uh, you got a young man who's asked to provide overnight watch to a deceased member of uh, an Orthodox Jewish community, um, which 
it's just creepy. The idea of somebody sitting in the room with a dead body, uh, as a vigil overnight. Oh my God. Uh, unfortunately there's something malevolent in this house. It's, it, it, you know, it's, I guess it's the movie that this year had the most elements that tend to creep me out when I'm watching a movie you know, something in the shadows, uh, ghostly presences, things you kind of see in the background. You're like, you're not sure if you saw what you saw and you look and you're like, Oh my God, do you see that? Uh, creepy old people, uh, an old haunted looking house. It, it's beautifully shot. Uh, and, you know, I feel it's got a claustrophobic feeling like you, we're stuck in the house with this guy, you know? Uh, and I thought, to be honest, in, if I was to say for me, what I find scary in a movie, that otherworldly kind of creepy uh, ghost story kind of thing, uh, this I thought was probably the scariest movie of the year to me for what I find scary. So I really loved it. There was that one scene in the basement that really was fantastic. It also in this movie is one of the best jump scares of the year. Uh, so I, there were a couple of them actually, but this one had one of the best I thought. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic and obviously, because it was my number two movie. Uh, it had been my number one for a long time, too, until I saw the one that I made my number one. But I really enjoyed it. It could, it, you know, it's it was right up there with the best. So that was uh, The Vigil. Joe, what did you uh, have to say about it? It also had the best performance of a GoPro camera all year round. You, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I, <laughs> you know... I, 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 oh, I really enjoyed right. the movie I forgot too, about but that. I, the box. Yeah. Look, I didn't know what it was. And, and apparently, Joe's like an expert on uh, Jewish religion with hats on, wooden boxes on their head. It looked like a GoPro. I, it, I'm sorry. I, 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 I knew you Anyway, I, I agree with everything you said, Matt. I Again, this is another reoccurring theme from 2021. It's, you know, uh, people living with poor decisions that they've made, you know, fear to act, fear to engage, you know, he's, uh, the main character is living the rest of his life with the guilt of not acting to save his brother when he was a, a kid during a, a hate crime. And the guy who's dead, who they're watching, you know, he's got to live with his past. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, it was a nice, uh, it's, it's not something I would have ever thought of for a horror film idea is let's have their horrors be, you know, their past coming, yeah. coming to get them again. So, um, again, very creepy atmosphere, very claustrophobic film. Uh, it's a one, one, it's a one setting movie, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and there was another one setting movie that I watched this year and that was, um, we've got, we need to do something where they're all stuck in a bathroom and that, that one you guys should probably check out too. Uh, but it wasn't as effective at using that one setting as as a movie like this was. Yeah, so that was it. That was uh, The Vigil. The Vigil, yeah. I uh, loved it. Uh, okay, Joe, what is your... Okay, now drum we're roll. ready for the drum roll. Now we need the drum roll. Yeah, now we need so, the drum roll. Joe, what is your I, number I'm, one? I kind of know what yours is. I'm a little uh, <laughs> taken aback that this one wasn't on your list. The Boy Behind the Door zipped right up to my number one the minute wow. I saw that. Wow. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved this film. 
primarily because uh, the general idea is these two boys get, I talked about this in the last episode, two boys get abducted and uh, one of the boys ends up escaping and he hears his buddy um, still screaming in the house. And even though he has the opportunity to just keep going and run for help, he decides to go back in to rescue his friend. Uh, the more I was thinking about this film, the more I was I thought it would be a great mashup if this is what Stephen King had thrown as a curveball to us with Stand By Me. Um, you know, when those kids like run in the middle of the day to like go to the junkyard and they've got that scene with Chopper, if if those kids had been abducted in this manner, I just thought it would be a fantastic film. And, you know, the brotherhood that they've established, they would never leave anybody behind. I know that's not what I watched, but that was just something I was daydreaming about today when I was trying to write my review. <laughs> but um, I, this is one of those films that um, I really enjoyed the nostalgia of how it made me feel watching it. I'm I'm pointing at the screen. I'm yelling at the character. He's making stupid decisions that I would never do, but it had me so engaged, and. Uh, I felt like I was part of this film watching this and I, I know he makes bad decisions, but so does every other character in every other horror film, but it evoked a verbal response from me. I'm physically, I'm actually, there's words coming out of my mouth, yelling at the screen while I'm watching this. And I never do that. That's why this is my number one for the year. So that's the boy behind the door. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, nice. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't like it that much, but uh, it definitely was probably, I would have to say, maybe the most tense movie of the year. So it was like just pure, yeah. if it was just an exercise in pure tension. Tension? Yeah, that yeah. this one would probably, throughout, like Coming Home in the Dark probably had a more tense first, well, that five minutes when they first run into those guys, that was really mm -hmm. tense, but it didn't last that long uh, after whatever happens happens, then it became a, a, a different, a different kind of movie. Um, but this one was basically tension from uh, two minutes in until the very end. And um, yeah. I, again, like I said last week, I felt like too much of the tension was, was brought about by poor decision-making, but Still, I did. I really thought it was a good movie. It's it's certainly in my top twenty. Uh, Mark, what is your number one movie for you this year? Okay, so uh, my number one is The Green Knight. It is. I it 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 has to be because it's my favorite movie of uh, twenty twenty one, and uh, it's. It's a horror fantasy film, and I've seen I, – I did research on this. I've seen other uh, websites do their top ten horror film, and it keeps popping up, keeps popping up as a horror fantasy, and I just cannot I, – I just cannot have this not on my list, and if it's going to be on my list, it's going to be number one. Um, and The Green Knight is directed by uh, David Lowry, who um, – directed uh the ghost story and i don't think you guys have seen that movie still yet right which ghost one story ghost story no i've seen with ghost uh, story. casey affleck oh no i haven't seen that no no 
Actually, I think I have. You have? Yeah. That's the one where he's okay. in a sheet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen Yes. Okay, so um it's I mean, so in a super fan mark summary, let's let's do this really quick. Um what this film is about. It's so um it's about uh King Arthur's court and all the knights including uh Sir Gawain, uh played by Deb Patel are having a Christmas dinner when this hor- uh, horrific monster uh slash knight who is the green knight comes in and challenges anybody to go blow to blow with him. Sir Gawain says, "Sure, I'll do it" cuz he hasn't really proven himself yet and he chops off uh the green knight's head with one blow. Uh Miraculously, uh, the body of the Green Knight uh, gets up and picks up his head where uh, the severed head says uh, one year hence. And so basically, in a nutshell, in one year, Sir Gawain has to travel across the country to receive the same blow. Uh, This movie is haunting. This movie is beautiful. there there are images in this film that will never leave my head um as uh, Sir Gawain uh lying down uh next to a tree and then you see bones I'll never forget that image it's a slow burn it takes its time um it is this movie just rocked my world actually uh scared scared me at some points um I just it, I love this movie. It's it's too deep to even like dive into. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, please do. Horror fantasy. Uh, it's my number one, and I love this film so much, so much. Yeah, I I mean it's my favorite movie of the year, and one of my favorite movies probably. I accidentally muted myself. Um, but it it just doesn't feel for me it just feels more of an arthurian legend fantasy than horror there are elements of horror certainly um but i just i didn't feel right putting it in my list just because i i had some horror movies i wanted i I had a horror movie that i really wanted to think of as my number one horror movie and and this would have supplanted that just because it's just it's just my favorite movie in a really long time it's probably my favorite movie since uh, I wasn't trying to cop out. It's just it, 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 it is considered a horror film. It, if you put this film against some other, you know, considered horror films, uh, yeah, I'm not arguing it, that. I, I, I yeah, mean, it's yeah, really no, personal it's, preference, and so it is to me. It is. It's not quite horror, but I mean, I can understand why you would say it would, and I agree. Yeah. Um, but it, it's probably my favorite movie since the witch, I guess, you know, that I had that same kind of feeling about it. Like, Oh my God, just, you know, just witness something that was really special. Um, it is special. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic film. So I, I'm very happy. It's your number one for sure. Yeah. Oh, Joe, Joe, I did buy the movie and it is uh, being sent to you. What movie? Oh, green night. You're sending it to Joe. I was just about to say, I haven't seen the movie yet, but you guys talk so highly about it. I've already ordered the 4K Blu-ray, and it's oh, supposed shit. to be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, do you need a do you need a Green Knight movie? I do, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. Joe, you want to forward it to you? <laughs> yeah, I'll just ship it on over to you. Joe's gonna hate it. He's gonna hate it because we built it up so much. I know Joe is susceptible so to the things much. being built up like and the then hating sound, it. 
the sound in this movie, just the hoofs on cobblestone yeah. for four minutes, it's mesmerizing. It's just... I ugh. love it. I love it. Oh, it's so good. I I hope I like it as much as you guys. Yeah, you're not gonna love it. I, you're I not really, gonna love it. You're gonna I really it. I, I I've tried to make it a point to never buy a movie without having to watch it first. So this is a rare exception for me. So if I hate it, it's it's on your heads. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I well, in a I year mean, in a year you I can can't chop predict off my anything because sometimes you'll love something that I'm like, oh really? I didn't realize you're gonna like yeah. that. And other times you'll hate something that I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> Joe is so sporadic. It's hard to, Joe. and it, can you wait to watch it until you're in a good mood, Joe? Cause I, yes, I have a, th- I have a, I have a theory about that. Cause you know, our yeah. audience may not know this, but Joe, Joe's a little moody. All right. Yes. He may seem like a nice, easy down to earth guy, but there's a little moodiness there. And, there is. and and I think that your appreciation for film sometimes is affected by your mood. So wait until yes. you're in a good mood mm. and not, okay. not in a hyper mood. Not that I don't, you, not that, like how, I don't know if like I've ever how, seen. How does he even start watching this film? Yeah, I don't with know. his moods. I I would put the disc in, <laughs> and I would probably hit play. Watch it when you're ready to and just then, sit down and watch a tale unfold, and no, not and no not have anything you have to get and you to. Want to watch? Yeah. And and not and don't film. be in a bad mood. Uh, okay, my number one film. Is can I guess? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what is this? The, Go ahead. the night house. Uh, yay! The night house. Yay! That was my number two. Yes, uh, <laughs> Joe. Mark, was this on your list? Yes, yes, it was on my list. It was uh, number seven. Okay, so I mean, technically, we could just by the mere fact that it's so high in Joe and mine, and relatively high on yours, and we all have it on our list, we could almost say that this is our. Sinister favorite movie of the horror movie of the year, almost. Yeah, almost. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Almost. I think censor. <laughs> you mean collectively? Yeah, censor. Yeah, I think was maybe higher for all three of us. Maybe I don't know because you had it four yeah, yeah, and we I had, had it three. I had it at four. We had, had it. We had it as three. So between this and censor, yeah. certainly, yeah, uh, which is fine too. Uh, but Nighthouse is right up there, right behind the Green Knight for me, anyway. Uh, it is, and I, I hope you guys. It seems like the airplane's really loud tonight for some reason. But anyway, do you live near an airport? I do, I do. Yeah, uh, and I think our window might. Uh, we have double windows that they put into these houses, uh, and I think one of them might be open. So sorry, uh, it's a real pain to cl- close them, so I can't do it now. Anyway, um, my number one is the Night House, directed by David Bruckner. It is a film, without a doubt, my favorite of the year in terms of horror. Uh, it's right up there with other recent gems like Hereditary and The Witch to me. Uh, there's one scene, in fact, that Joe mentioned uh, when he reviewed it the first time he saw it, uh, where a teacher played by Rebecca Hall, who is absolutely fantastic in this. She's fantastic in everything she does. But she's amazing in this, uh, where she's dealing with a parent who's trying to get her to raise her son's grade, even though the kid didn't earn it. Uh, it is a cathartic moment that makes you want to cheer, especially if you've ever been a teacher or known a teacher, uh, even though it's also heartbreaking at its core in that scene, what brings about that cathartic moment. Um, there, it, it has so many elements that I love in a movie. It's got a haunted house. It's got some dream logic, uh, a, a mystery. Uh, and I thought that it is uh, it wrapped up perfectly to me. Uh, it's a movie that will linger in your thoughts for a long time, and I believe it's going to be seen as a as a classic. 
Uh, Bruckner, the director, he is set to direct the new Hellraiser reboot. And if this movie is any indication, it is going to be fantastic, or at least it's going to have hoped to be uh, the best of the Hellraisers, which to me isn't that hard to do. But um, but it's it is. I I just think a fantastic film, and it's one that I think everybody. Rebecca Hall is just terrific in it too. Um, so yeah, the Nighthouse. Uh, Joe, what did you think of it? I you know we we've talked about this in the past. I've I've loved it. The jump scares in this movie are fantastic. I think it's very beautifully shot. Oh yeah. Uh, the cinematography is just absolutely. Gorgeous. Well, yeah. There's one jump oh, scare. It's probably house. it's definitely the best jump scare of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the just the scenery that they they chose to shoot this in with the lake it's gorgeous everybody like wants to live there yeah yeah you know it's beautiful um i loved you know she does have a bit of a a story or a character arc in it but i love that she doesn't change too much right. throughout the film yeah she seemed like she probably cried when her husband died but like probably was pretty stoic at the funeral. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just dealing with it internally. She never really got out of hand when, you know, there's ghosts in her house and all these strange noises. She, she didn't, you know, like jump up and down and scream and run out of the house or anything like that. She seemed, stayed rather stoic right. throughout the whole movie. And I, I appreciated them writing her in the, it's a nice, strong female role model character. Yeah. So I, I thought yeah. she pulled it off very well. But yeah, great film. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I love this film too. I mean, I, I love the way with the editing of this film, with the architecture of tricking, quote unquote, uh, demon, uh, with building a backwards house. Um, I mean, it, if you position a certain way in the house, you can sort of see the outlines of a demon, which was absolutely just stunning. Um, I mean, this movie symbolizes grief and loss and depression. It's a slow burn, and uh, you definitely have to pay attention to this film. And uh, the negative space visuals were just jaw-dropping, absolutely jaw-dropping. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a great film. I'm actually kind of surprised. Uh, Nighthouse was going back and forth, but it it stayed at number seven. But the Nighthouse is is uh, one of the better horror films I've seen in a long time. Yeah, so there we have it, Our all of our top ten lists. I, I will just mention very quickly uh, that my the rest of my top 20 anyway, I'll just because they're... Your honorable mentions. My honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. I'll, I'll go poor, 11, poor through, 11 through 20 on mine just to... Because to, I do think there are some films in here that I, I, I would like to recommend to people to check out. Uh, okay, of course, number 11 for me was The Stylist, 12, Candyman. 13, Coming Home in the Dark. 14, Halloween Kills. 15 was Martyr's Lane, which I thought was a really kind of creepy sort of ghost story with some kids in it that I really enjoyed a lot. I, although I didn't like the ending at all. I liked everything leading up to it. But And Joe was the opposite. He liked the ending and didn't like as much everything leading up to it. But um, uh, number 16 was Lucky for me. 17, Malignant. 18, Last House in Soho. Or, I'm sorry, Last Night in Soho. Number 19 was The Boy Behind the Door. And number 20, Night Books. And, of course, I, I would like to mention In the Earth where was, uh, and Gaia as well, which I thought were really good movies as well. So uh, any honorable mentions for you guys? 
Yeah, I only went as far as 18, okay. but I can go 11 through 18. So my 11 was uh, Quiet Place Part 2. My number 12 was Slacks. Did either of you guys ever watch I didn't that? get a chance to watch that now. Yeah. My 13 was Malignant. Uh, my 14 was Fear Street Part 2, 1978. 15 was The Columnist. Uh, 16 was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, 17 was Candisha. And 18 was Halloween Kills. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Mark, did you have any honorable mentions? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. what, what did you think of Candisha? You liked it, right? I did like oh, it. Okay. I did like yeah. it. I didn't care. Candisha for it, is is very, uh, very similar good. to Candyman. Yeah, very. Yeah. Very yeah. much. Oh yeah, I yeah. didn't even think about that, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah very huh. much. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end, and and a, a really supersized episode, of course. Uh, and next time, are we going to announce this? What we're going to do next time, or, or Mark? Do you, we're ready. It's Mark's turn. Yeah, to we're choose. ready. It's Mark's turn. What, what, are we, what is the topic going to be next time? We are watching the Scream franchise. There we go. We are watching it, and because uh, Scream is coming out uh, January fourteenth, or Scream Five. Um, this is one of my favorite franchises of all time. I believe uh, it's uh, in Joe's uh, top something with franchises, I think, because I, I know Joe and Matt actually really enjoy Scream. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, love it, love it, love it. No, this so is going to be a I'm fun really one because about this talking is, about Jamie Kennedy. This is going to be a fun one because the sequels are all pretty good, too. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. they are good. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, so I guess that. Uh, wraps it up so until then we will see you next time good night everybody good night Yes, good movie. Perfect, perfect. I need one of those devices on me when I sleep.